Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and, uh, well, I'm flying solo today. I had a guest lined up for today, but unfortunately, uh, real life took him away from me, um, scheduling conflicts and all. And so I'm going to be flying solo and touching on some of the uh, the news of the day. Um, there's been a lot of uh, news coming out this week regarding um, flavored bands and uh, flavored tobacco, including today. I'm recording on Thursday, and there was some uh, news today regarding the FDA and some of the rules that they've uh, announced pertaining to uh, menthol cigarettes and flavored tobacco, including um, a lot of products from Drew Estate. So I figured we'd go ahead and dive into that, kind of read into that a little bit, see what's going on, kind of see what the future holds and all that. And, um, you know, appropriately enough, I figured we would smoke the, uh, the Acid 20 Maduro here as we do it. So Let's give a little background on the cigar. So the Acid 20 Maduro features a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, an Indonesian binder, and Nicaraguan fillers. According to the description here, the result is a medium-bodied profile with an extra sweet draw and even burn. So um, it is a 6x50 Toro, and we're going to go ahead and get this guy prepped. And the official cutting is brought to you by Dan the Man Ponder over there at Riverman Cigar Company. Dan's got a full humidor filled with all kinds of cigars. He's got new stuff coming in daily. You're going to want to make sure you circle up with Dan to figure out uh, you know, what he's got, when he's got it, and how you can get your hands on it. He's also got the uh, 1,500 square foot covered patio out front. It's gorgeous weather in here in St. Louis. Um, we had a little bit of a cold snap, but uh, I'm probably taking my tent, which you can see in the video behind me down, uh, this weekend. And... Um, it's pretty consistently nice enough that you can go over to Riverman, bring your chair, and enjoy that 1,500-square-foot covered patio if you'd like. Or you can always chill out in the lounge and watch the Blues game or the Cardinals game or have a conversation with Dan, Miss Cindy, or Little John. So make sure you head on over to Riverman Cigar Company in Crestwood, Missouri for all your cigar needs. And if you're not in the St. Louis area... Dan does mail order. You can give him a call. He can get you individual cigars, boxes of cigars, accessories, all kinds of fun stuff. All you got to do is call and ask. That's Riverman Cigar Company, Crestwood, Missouri. And with that, it's time that I go ahead and cut my cigar. So I have the uh, the cigar here. I'm going to give this guy a cut. I am using the uh, straight cutter, my Zycar straight cutter, because I... Still have yet to uh, mail off my Calibri SV. One of these days I'll get around to that. So, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do the cold draw, but realistically, cold draw flavor notes on this thing. Look, guys, it's going to be floral. It's going to be fruit. That's It's going to be sweet. That's the nature of the game with an acid, and uh, it's kind of what I signed up for today. Yep, that tastes like... Fruit stripe gum, kind of that fruit, you know, juicy fruit, fruit stripe gum. That's what I got going on there. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and light my cigar here. And uh, like I said, it just seemed appropriate given the topic of the day. I do like a flavored cigar periodically. Um, I'm not that much of a, uh, a purist that, you know, I won't smoke. I'll never smoke one. I don't smoke them very often. Um, realistically, I... Uh, uh, 
maybe you only have one once every six months or so. Boy, it's hard doing this by myself. You know, and you guys are going to hear me uh, having to, you, you don't get the uh, opportunity to have somebody else to interject while I'm lighting my cigar and that kind of thing. So, sorry about that. Anyway, um, definitely a sweetness to the flavor. Um, no, I, uh, I do enjoy a Fat Bottom Betty periodically. I think I've said that on the show before. Um, it was a uh, St. Louis police detective. I was hanging out at the uh, fire pit at Top Shooters one day and just sitting around. And this is fairly early on in my cigar smoking. And I met this uh, St. Louis police detective who was there with his uh, girlfriend. And um, he was smoking a Fat Bottom Betty. And she pointed out to me that uh, she really liked it when he smoked the acids and the Fat Bottom Bettys because after he got done smoking one, he was he tasted really good to, to make out with. And so I'm like, well, that's something to keep note of. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's it, I mean, every once in a while, it's not an everyday smoke. So moving on to the topic of the day here. So like I said, we're going to discuss... Um, flavor bands. And today, uh, Thursday, the FDA announced proposed rules that um, are going to ban the sell, uh, sale of menthol cigarettes and flavored tobacco. So what these, uh, what this announcement means is that the FDA is proposing that they're going to ban the sale of menthol cigarettes. They're going to ban the sale of all flavored cigars, including large flavored cigars, such as acids and java. But um, menthol e-cigarettes will still be allowed. So I guess if you're a menthol vape, I don't know. If, see, and and this is my own personal ignorance. I don't know if an e-cigarette and a vape is a different product. But, you know, for the purposes of this, e menthol e-cigarettes will still be allowed. Um, these rules are going to take effect one year after the FDA issues their final rule which the agency can't do for a little bit of time. So basically what this means is the agency, meaning the FDA, um, they're going to have to allow for comments on the plans from the public. Anyone can submit them. Um, that period of time is going to take place between May 4th and July 5th of this year. The FDA will then have to formulate replies to those comments and that process, uh, according to a report by Half Wheel, estimates, uh, they, they estimate that it's going to take at least a year before um, the FDA can do that and then unveil the final rule, meaning that it's highly unlikely that any of these bans are going to go into effect before 2024. Um, this rule will have no direct effect on non-flavored large cigars. So... Um, if this were like a Liga Pravada, you would have no problem whatsoever. But because it's an acid 20, this cigar would be banned under these rules, according to Half Wheel. Um, now, there are some people that are fighting back to this um, for a variety of different reasons. Um, for example, do, 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 hang on a second. Um, for example... Uh, there were some folks from uh, different organizations that are fighting back against this because they claim that um, this or like it it impacts the minority communities more so than the Caucasian communities because 
uh, menthol cigarettes have been so heavily advertised to um, the, the minority communities. You know, I don't know if that's necessarily the ground that anybody wants to be on. It's not an argument that I would necessarily take on on myself, but I'm not familiar enough. And and to be honest, I don't know really anything about menthol cigarettes or, you know, whatever. So I can't say whether or not that's a strong argument, but it's not one that I would undertake. But uh, for me, um, I guess the real bottom line is the 2024 date that Half Wheel threw out as uh, kind of the the earliest you could see these bans take effect. The other thing that I would like to point out is that assumes no lawsuits. Um, and you know there's going to be lawsuits. You know that um, the uh, various companies are going to um, sue for various reasons. Altria is quoted in a... Um, um, Associated Press article talking about this and their their um, disagreement with these rules. So, and let's be real, Altria has a ton of money, so you know that they're going to uh, to go ahead and file suit against this. So I would say that it's safe to assume that between the rulemaking process and everything like that, I mean, the soonest you're looking at is 2024, but I think it's safe to assume that there's going to be lawsuits, which means... Despite all the noise you're going to hear over the next handful of days about, oh my gosh, the ban, you know, the FDA is dropping the hammer. They're banning flavored tobacco. They want to, but there's going to be a lot of roadblocks and obstacles for them to overcome before it comes to that. Um, Now, that doesn't mean that your local municipalities cannot do that. Um, So let's get, let's drill this down a little bit deeper into the local spots. Um, but first I'm going to take a little bit more of a draw on my cigar. Cause that's the other thing is <laughs> doing this solo. I don't have the opportunity to puff on the cigar while Jeff is talking and vice versa. So bear with me for a moment. I will say it is uh, smoking like a champ, despite the fact that I am talking a lot. I am going to touch up just a little bit along the edge, not because the burn line is bad, but because um, I, it was starting to, the, the the flame on it was getting a little low. I, I think uh, I think it was getting light in terms of, uh, you know, the heat. So I wanted to touch that up. Um, anyway. So during a special meeting on Monday night, so Monday of this week, Um, The San Diego City Council in California, San Diego, California, San Diego, Wales, vagina, uh, it passed a ban on flavored tobacco products and uh, electronic cigarettes. It will not apply to premium cigars. Um, I should say it passed a ban, flavored tobacco products and electronic cigarettes. I don't know if I said that, Um, but it will not apply to premium cigars after the city created an exemption for them. Um, To qualify for that exemption, premium cigars have to meet a few different checkboxes. It has to be handmade. It has to feature a wrapper that is made entirely from a whole tobacco leaf. It cannot have a tip, so it can't have one of those plastic tips, uh, filter, or non-tobacco mouthpiece. 
And it must, and this is where it gets dicey. It has to have a wholesale price of no less than $12, meaning the sticker price would be around $24, which, guys, let's be real. You go into an average humidor. Now, granted, I don't know what the average cigar prices in California are. I know their tobacco taxes are way higher than Illinois, which, you know, such is life and, and definitely Missouri. Um but, you know, you go into a humidor, you're not finding too many cigars that have a, uh, a, 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 you know, sale price of $24 or higher. So, realistically, um, that price point, I think, is the issue. Um, I know when the, the federal government was looking at their rules and everything, they looked at like a $12 price point as kind of like the benchmark of what is a real cigar. Um, I don't think that that's fair. I, I, I don't think you can put a price value on the cigar. Um, I think that, that hinders it greatly. Um, because, for example, you know, um, Aladino, uh, who does sponsor the, uh, the studio here. I am in the JRE Tobacco, Aladino Mobile Studios in my driveway. Um, you know, and Aladino, um, just a regular basic Corojo Toro. You know, that has a sale price of anywhere between 10 and 12 bucks, depending upon what state you're in. And that would that, so that would mean that it wouldn't qualify as a premium cigar, according to the uh, San Diego City Council. And that's not right, because that's, you know, a quality cigar, not flavored. I mean, so, so, you know, I do want to point out I'm bringing in, you know, a cigar that's not flavored into a conversation about flavored tobacco. But even this Acid 20. Let, 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 let's actually apply a cigar that actually pertains to the situation. This Acid 20, um, you know, you could go to the store and pick this up for, again, anywhere between maybe 10 and 12 bucks, depending upon what state you're in. This cigar would not qualify for this exemption in San Diego based upon the price point. Even though it is handmade, even though it has a wrapper that is made entirely from a whole tobacco leaf, and it does not have a non-tobacco um, tip. It has the, the, the tobacco cap that you have to clip off. So the wholesale price is the issue. Um, also, the city council exempted um, the tobacco used in hookahs along with loose leaf tobacco. And that's important because I know that Neil over there at um, Max Smoke Shop, um, I'm assuming that would also include pipe tobacco because max in um palo alto california that was their whole deal is they were dealing with a flavor band in palo alto that was aimed at fighting um vapes and um the electronic stuff from kids but then also it it encompassed all that pipe tobacco that Max Smoke Shop um, sold. And that was where they were really going to be hurt is, you know, if you go back to that episode where we interviewed Neil and his wife, you know, they said, look, we'll get rid of vape tomorrow, but it's the pipe tobacco we need to preserve. And um, so anyway, I, I am, I'm guessing, I don't know for certain, but I'm guessing based upon the fact that this article spe specifies that loose leaf tobacco would be included, I would assume that more than likely um, pipe tobacco is included in that. Also notable in the ban is that includes it does include products with menthol. That's interesting. Everybody's pointing out the menthol thing. Um, typically, menthol has been the one flavor that's always been exempted. 
I know here in Illinois, when Illinois tried a little bit of a flavor ban a little bit back, it exempted menthol. And I think it does go back to what I was pointing out earlier, that um, you have some people that argue that menthol cigarettes and menthol uh, tobacco products um, have been marketed heavily towards uh, minority communities, specifically the African-American communities. And so I think it's one of those things where menthol has typically been exempted um, as a way to not, um, well, not piss off that voter base. And quite frankly, it seems that now nobody seems to care. Um, the San Diego City Council passed that with a 72 vote. It will go into effect on January 1st of 2023. And that delay was apparently created in order to await the results of the November election, um, where voters in California will decide on a statewide ban on the sale of flavored tobacco products. So this November, uh, voters in California are going to vote on a, uh, a statewide ban. And so... San Diego just kind of hedged their bets and said, well, we don't care what the result of the November election is. We're going to go ahead and do our flavor ban. And if the state comes down with a flavor ban, hallelujah, we don't have to worry about ours. If the state does not come down with a flavor ban, if the people say, no, we don't want a flavor ban, then, um, well, uh, San Diego basically said, doesn't matter what the voters say, we're still going to do it. So there you go. That's... That's San Diego. And then uh, let's move on to Bangor, Maine, um, home of every Stephen King, you know, story you can imagine. Um, I think the Langoliers were going to Bangor. At least they were at Bangor Airport or something like that. It always seems like all the Stephen King stuff happens in Maine. I don't know. Yeah, I guess he lives up there, so he, like, makes all that weird shit happen up there. Anyway, last October... Um, the Bangor City Council, they passed an ordinance that um, would ban flavored tobacco products. The ban was supposed to go into effect June 1st of this year. However, that's not going to happen now. Um, apparently, Maine as a state requires cities to give businesses 30 days notice whenever the city is considering a tobacco ordinance that is stricter than state law. So this tobacco ban, flavored tobacco ban that Bangor was considering um, is stricter than um, Maine state law. And so as a result, they were supposed to turn around and tell all of the businesses within Bangor, um, I assume that sell tobacco products, you have to tell them, hey, we're talking about this, be aware. And they apparently did not do that. And so now... Um, because they didn't do that, um, they are having to repeal the ordinance that they passed in October, um, in order to avoid lawsuits and they plan on reintroducing this, repassing it and having, um, this new flavor ban, um, passed this summer. Um, like I said, it was supposed to go into effect. It would have banned retailers from selling and marketing flavored tobacco products and e-cigarettes with the exception of menthol. Now, remember what I said earlier about how now they're starting to include menthol? Bangor, Maine, they exempted menthol. Um, they established fines for retailers. Jeff Egbert. Jeff's trying to get in on the show. Uh, they established fines for retailers violating the law starting at $50 to $100 for the first offense and $1,000 for repeated violations. This law would not have prohibited the consumption of flavored tobacco products, 
but it would have banned the marketing and sale of tobacco products. So they're going after the retailers in, in this case. They're not going after the end users. So you could sit out in Bangor, Maine, have your acid 20, and uh, you'd be perfectly fine. But the guy who sold it to you would be screwed. So that's uh, a situation there. Speaking of the Acid 20, it's smoking really well. I'm just not giving it the full credit that it's due because um, the uh, the uh, uh, simple fact is I'm just talking too much. Um, and now I've got Gator blowing up my phone because he doesn't know I'm doing this. Even though I told him, hey, Fridays are coming back, you know, with or without you, Fridays are coming back. And, um, well, he, uh, he apparently has time because he's blowing up my phone with, uh, Instagram reels. And just now he sent me a link talking about, um, a woman in Kansas who bought a pregnant donkey and apparently it gave, well, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and touch on this subject because he brought it up. Apparently it gave birth to a zonkey. The donkey named Jayla was pregnant when a woman bought it. Uh, it's a or uh, it's a rescue organization got a hold of it. But um, apparently the donkey, Jayla, was carrying a very rare baby. Um, gave birth to Coley uh, at the T&D Donkey Rescue. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, I guess it gave birth on April 26th. And it popped out a full with a donkey face, zebra legs. So it had donkey, I guess it had a donkey head and like zebra striped legs. But apparently it was very uh, apparent that Jayla had made it with a don uh, zebra before she was purchased by the Missouri nonprofit. Uh, the new baby named Zyla is a zonkey. It is a rare hybrid, part donkey, part zebra. And uh, I guess both the mother and the... Uh, the zonkey are doing well. Um, this is not the first zonkey. Um, I guess in April 2020, the Sheldrick Wildlife Trust in Kenya uh, announced a zonkey was born to a zebra. And um, do, 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 do. talking about how they give, the place in Kansas gives rescue to donkeys that are neglected, abused, or a Abandoned. I don't mean to laugh. I just kind of amused, partially amused that there's a rescue specifically for donkeys. Um, uh, the volunteer organization works with donkeys from states including Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. So there you go, folks. You learned about a zonkey and flavor bands. Um, so now, what can we expect from Fridays? Um. Sorry, I was taking a drag off my cigar there. Um, that's a good question. So Fridays, I have an idea in mind, and it's just going to take a little bit of organization, a little bit of thought, and a little bit of pre-planning on my part, which I promise I'll get better with. This week, I had an idea. I had everything kind of lined up. Life got in the way, and it, it is what it is. Um, Fridays, I think I'm going to make a point of trying to have a guest. Um, and it's going to be more of an interview type format. And 
I'm, you know, it's not just manufacturers. It can be retailers. It can be um, lobbyists. It can be lawmakers in regards to all this. It, it could be um, consumers that are, you know, they have something interesting to talk about. It can really be anybody. So I'm really just kind of looking to take Fridays and add in that interview component um, that we can uh, start to incorporate. Because, you know, here's the thing. There's there's lots of people that come across my desk that would be interesting to talk to. You know, Jeff and I, it's kind of hard sometimes coordinating three schedules between the guest, me, and Jeff. Um, so sometimes it's just easier coordinating too. And so Fridays, I'm going to work real hard to, uh, make sure that they're more interview centric shows. Um, and then aside from that, you know, um, my other goal is to, um, check in with Broccoli Rob. Um, he, uh, has been really busy out there at the final third cigar lounge, um, but I know one of the things that he wants to do is get back with his segment, um, where he, uh, gives some cigar reviews, but then also he's wanting to branch it out and add in, uh, liquor pairings into it as well. So, uh, I'm hoping that I can start to incorporate and include that segment in on, uh, Friday shows as well. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, it's kind of a short one this week. You know, I picked a cigar that realistically, you guys don't need much of a review. I mean, it's an Acid 20. It's burning great. Construction's good. It's just, um, it tastes like Fruit Stripe or, you know, um, Juicy Fruit Bubblegum. And uh, otherwise, it's pretty simple. Kind of wanted to give you a little update on the flavor situation. For those of you who do like flavored cigars, you know, you're going to hear a lot about the sky is falling and you know this and that but you've got some time you know i will say maybe it's one of those things where look i think you ought to be prepared for the eventual inevitability that flavored cigars and flavored tobacco maybe do eventually go away um i don't it's not going to be anytime super soon but maybe be prepared so that when that day comes you're not sitting there going i didn't see this coming you know stock up if, if that's what, if, if you are a flavored cigar smoker, you know, you can do a lot of stocking up over the what next at minimum two years, maximum. I mean, and in terms of a maximum, my God, it can, it really all depends on how long court stuff goes on. Cause you know, there's going to be court stuff, you know, absent any court proceedings, you're looking at about two years. So, you know, you've got minimum two years to stock up or beyond that. Lord knows. Anyway, um, hang on. I'm going to get a drink. I'm a little verklempt. Yet another thing that it's good to have a co-host for. I'll say this. This is the first time I've done this flying solo. I know we joked about it one time on the cast, but um, no, don't expect Gator to come running in and uh, bail me out. And um, flying solo, is it's it's different. It's odd, and I my hat's off to those people who do it on the regular. Um, it's not easy, and, you know, I think about uh, love is politics or hate is politics. I think about a guy like Rush Limbaugh who, you know, for, what, 40 years or so, um, 
you know, he uh, he he was behind the golden EIB microphone with his tobacco-stained hands, you know, all the time flying solo for three hours. And it's impressive. I mean, to be able to talk to essentially yourself for three hours, that's, that's impressive. So I don't know, um, something I'm going to have to work on. But because obviously, you know, guests are going to maybe flake out periodically. But like I said, life happens. I totally get it. The guy who's probably listening to this knows who he is that I'm referencing. And dude, it's perfectly fine. We'll, we'll circle up another day because I do want to talk to you about the subject we were going to talk about. So anyway, um, I guess that's about it. Um, so for now, we'll go ahead and do this. This would normally be the time that I give some information about My Monthly Cigars, but I've hired that out this week, so take it away. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. It comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices. Use offer code PULPIT and get free shipping on your first box and 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's offer code PULPIT. Thanks! guys making fun of me with the thanks i swear all i did was just say thanks but anyway um i'm finding myself tripping over my words a little bit more too this isn't nearly as as uh um flawless or not flawless but see casual as i guess when i have jeff with me so that's also gonna have to be something where i look guys i'm trying my best and um I know this isn't my best effort, but uh, I'm trying my best. So for those of you who, uh, you know, if you got something interesting to throw in on, shoot me a message. Uh, we're available on Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit. Um, Jeff's at Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator. Uh, we're also available on Facebook where we have the Cigar Pulpit Prisoners Group. I'm available on Twitter at The Cigar Pulpit. And obviously on YouTube, where you can watch videos um, of the episodes like today's. And uh, we need your calls for Ask the Boys. Um, we had some really great calls for Tuesday's show, which was our 100,000 download party. Um, and, uh, you know, but we need we need some great calls going forward still. So make sure you give the hotline a call, area code 863 8740000 and you can get in on the fun there but th- the bottom line is if you um you know look I'm going to need people for Friday shows you know I'm going to reach out to some folks and see if I can uh, get something on the schedule um for Fridays going forward but um you know I'm going to need people for Friday shows so if you have something interesting that you want to contribute you know not just uh hey I think it'd be fun but like you know I mean if you have a topic that you want to discuss I mean you know, look, I, I kind of figure Tuesdays are probably going to be more of me and Jeff kind of collecting, you know, collectively showing our asses and being the, the general clowns that we tend to be. Um, but Fridays, I think, you know, we can we can have conversation about various topics and learn a little bit and actually, you know, go the other route. So, you know, it's it's a spectrum. We have the serious side and we have the goofy side and we can I think we can come meet in the middle and have a little bit of both. But uh, what is it? Pink Floyd says, you know, you can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat. Well, Fridays are your meat. I, that 
sounded a little weird. Anyway, um, anyway, so yeah, so if you have an interesting topic that you want to talk about, reach out, talk. We'll 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 set something up. It'll be fun. And um, otherwise, um, I hit the socials. I did this. I did that. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's anything else that I need to touch on today. I'm going to build out some uh, some more regular segments and things like that that I can do this way. And, um, yeah, we'll just kind of take it from here. It's it's This is a work in progress. Like I said, you know, I'm, I'm taking a, um, a show that has been designed for two people, and I'm trying to do it with one plus a guest. And it's not simple and easy, but, you know, I know it's just the reality of the situation. Jeff has got a lot going on at work and um, just can't quite make the schedule work. So that's fine. I'll, I'll move on without him. So anyway, coming to you from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios in my driveway, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky. Not entirely sure what Easter egg I can throw on the end of this without it being weird that I'm just sitting and talking to myself. I don't know. Anyway, peace out, guys. <laughs>